You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey, 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 guys. It's time for Slopescast with me, DJ Slope. And my co-host, Grizzly Cryden. Been away for a couple of weeks because I've been in France uh, on holiday. But that's not the big news. That's not exciting for people that are watching live. (gasps) What are they seeing on the screen, Grizzly? What are they seeing on the screen, Grizzly? They are seeing the future of um, Grizzly. Uh, The the family name, as it will. (laughs) Uh, So this is something I've been keeping under my hat for a little while uh some people in discord might already be aware but uh i am expecting uh a grizzly cub grizzly cub come on (laughs) everyone put those hands together everyone in the chat come on i want to see some clapping i want to see some congratulations andy norton shouting out chev matic um michael towns was expecting me to be pregnant i don't know salad snake uh dutch chairman i quell all the usual all of the awesome typical crew that are always here sending their love and uh yes congratulations mr and and furthermore some Mm -hmm. people might have noticed that the color of my camera has changed (laughs) ever so slightly because i know what we're having Oh, wow. Okay. You're having a purple baby? Oh, no, it's pink. It's pink. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hope, hopefully not a purple baby, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm expecting a little girl. Uh, not to get too graphic, but uh, yeah, you'll see a lot of colors <laughs> on, on, on day zero, day one. Uh, trust, yeah, but, um... trust me, got experience in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, I was actually um, a typical man uh when when it come to, to to the birth of my it was my son it was it my it was my son yeah it was my son because i really wanted my wife to hold back don't give birth i think it was like for four minutes because then my son would have been born at 13 37 or something like that uh and I would, right. have had a leaked, I would have had a leaked baby i was like hold it back hold it back and she's looking at me so angry <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> but um yeah I, anyway Congratulations, Grizzly. Incredible news, mate. Incredible news. Uh, long time coming, and I'm really, really happy for you and the better half. Yeah, well absolutely. Done. Well Something done. to be well really, done. really excited for. So, yeah. Anyway, I, w- I wanted to share that with the Slopescast family, and you guys are all family. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in all of these times and for waiting for us during our hiatuses. So, much appreciated. I hope this is good news for you all as well. Let's move on to this bad boy. The topics of today's uh, 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 podcast. I- I'm lost for words a little bit. I'm all over the place. Let's get into the topics here. And Grizzly, why don't you read them out to us, matey? 
All right. So this week on the podcast or the Slopes cast specifically, uh, we're going to be talking about Game Boy games potentially coming to Nintendo Switch Online, uh, Streets of Rage coming to the big screen, uh, something to be really excited about if that's true, uh, fans making Metroid Prime in 4K uh, by way of a mod on the Dolphin emulator, uh, Miss Pac-Man being renamed to Pac-Mom, or as I'm going to call her Pac-Mum for now, because it's I feel weird. like that's a bit it's more weird. appropriate. Uh, E3 2022 being cancelled. That's a bit of an old topic, this one, but I, I don't know. I feel a bit of a hate to say I told you so situation coming on uh, here. And then lastly, we're going to be talking about the long forgotten Mario movie that has now been restored in 4K and available on YouTube. Absolutely. Rest- I, uh, I, had to, I had to stop and laugh there and like try and uh, calm myself down a bit when I, when I looked up and I saw uh, the Michael Towns put it as pack milf <laughs> <laughs> i like that behind i like that big behind and uh yeah every pac-man's got a big behind whether they're lady pac-man or whatever well, actually no no not any because you got pack baby i'll take that back i'll take that back <laughs> i'm surprised i didn't go with pac-man pac-man what, what we're getting onto the pac-man topic first no let's 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 before we do that Let's chat about the Nintendo topic. Let's chat about the Game Boy topic. Let's chat yes. about the Giga Leak before we start getting into Pac Mum, Pac Man stuff. So, uh, potential Game Boy data mines provide evidence for imminent Nintendo Direct. Yes. Mm. So, um, there's been a lot of leaks, a lot of data mined assets, and all of this. And now, typically, we wouldn't talk about um, we we wouldn't talk about anything that this close to a rumor usually but no. this is looking like a dead cert um yeah to be sure. honest everyone seems to be like swooping in on this so it's predominantly about gba games uh but game boy color and game boy standard games are also being mentioned and mm-hmm. it it just sounds like the next logical thing for nintendo switch online mm-hmm. um but they've been talking about which emulators being used, which games have been put forward, you know, within the first, like, uh, the first update. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really looking likely at this stage. Uh, I'd be very surprised. Yes. I'd be very surprised if this did not happen um, probably around June. <laughs> because exactly. That's what, so, I mean, what well, would happen? From my understanding, what's actually been uh, shown off here, the, 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 these emulators, I, I'm very happy to say one of them is called Sloop. Very, very yeah. close to Slope. Uh, in fact, I need to uh, the, the little logo there that they've created for Sloop. I need to need to be doctoring that. Need to be doctoring that definitely. Um, uh, yeah, people have already got this stuff working. Managed to get this working. So, I mean, it, 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 as far as I'm concerned, it's a um, ninety. I don't want to go ninety nine. About a ninety five ish percent chance this this is happening. Um, true typical fashion. It's it's bonkers that it's. Uh, taken this long really yeah um and uh, I, I remember there was a an article i saw recently like has the game boy advance library uh stood the test of time like hell yes yeah the game boy advance oh. is an incredible library and i'm very excited for for this because even though i'm not going to use it um it, it gets more classic games into people's hands so obviously it's nothing but a good thing yeah so i've, I've dubbed this already sloops game boy rom there you go. Hey, very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the GBA is one of those like time tested like handheld things. It kind of passed me by at first. 
mm-hmm. um, because I was more, I don't know, I, I wasn't really paying attention to handhelds around that time. Uh, but going back to it, there are some absolute classics on that thing. And I'm yeah. really happy to see that in the first list, uh, we are seeing some of those classics that I really enjoyed. Not mm-hmm. your typical stuff. Not just your typical stuff. I mean, they're talking yeah. Astro Boy, for example, which was a great uh, game by Treasure, as yep. was Gunstar Superheroes, which is one of the best portable ways to play Gunstar Heroes. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I hope we see Guardian Superheroes at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, we're also looking at uh, of course, Golden Sun, Mario & Luigi series. You've got Pokemon Pinball, uh, which I wouldn't have expected in the first like round. Um, yeah. And then you've got things like Yoshi's Island, Zelda Minish Cap, some great stuff. Um, Normally it's 75% or even closer to 90% the obvious titles. You're F0, I'm seeing that, that's obvious. Um, mm. And then 5, 10%, maybe a little bit more of, of, of a little bit more obscure type things. But they, they, they seem to have almost flipped it around the other way. Um, there seems to be quite a lot of not what you would expect, but I think that just stands to prove just how incredible the Game Boy Advance library is. All of all of Nintendo's handheld libraries are incredible, um, but what makes the GBA extra special for me is um, even at the time, because uh, by this point I'd already started collecting uh, uh, Super Nintendo carts and Mega Drive carts and stuff like that again. Um, even you know, even when the Game Boy Advance was out, which is pretty much so. I'm trying to get my head around this correct. So it's about PlayStation Two era, wasn't it? Um, it's about the same time, I believe. Yeah, it's around there. Yeah. Um, so the, the 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 reason I like Game Boy Advance so much is the PlayStation Two was still in that era where every classic game that you used to love is still going to be pushed into a three D world, and the Game Boy Advance forced people to go back to two D. Um, and um, the, the 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 most fun I had with Sonic at that time was the Sonic Advance series. I mean, they were obviously nothing compared to the classic two D Sonics, but it was still two D games. Um, and I was just really excited about those. There's so many great games for the GBA. Like, so, so many. Um, Michael Towns giving some love for Sonic Advance 3. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and what a soundtrack as well. Was it? Was it um, I believe it was It was either Sonic Advance 2 or Sonic Dash that had the Hideo Nakanuma uh, soundtrack on it. That was Sonic Rush. Uh, Rush, DS, that was it, not yeah. Dash. That's it, yeah. Oh, for the DS, okay. But um, yeah, awesome. And I remember, actually, I had a lot of fun with, at the time, I remember I had a Jet Set Radio. Oh, no, no, no. I had Tony Hawk's for the uh, uh, GBA, and that was like a sort of isometric. Yeah, Yeah, it was completely different, uh, like an isometric uh, Tony Hawk's game. And it worked. It worked really, really well. And then they've done the same thing for Jet Set Radio as well. Um, Not everything worked, but, you know, it it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I, I loved it. I loved that system. Wicked little system. But yeah, uh, I mean, I've, if, I've got I've got some favourites like um, the the Astro Boy, for example, uh, was absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, you had some really interesting like little collections as well because they did the Mario series on GBA, and it was all of like the NES games, but they were like tooled up into like the Mario World kind of like look. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had some benefits, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, how did I not instantly start thinking of Metroid Fusion and Zero Missions, which are oh, arguably some of the best, if yeah. not the best? You know what? I look back at uh, the latest one, Dread. It was a good game, but and then uh, as I was playing it, I was obviously looking up some footage from some of the older games. I'm like, you know what? I just want to play like uh, Zero Mission and stuff because they're so good. <laughs> so good games. Such awesome games. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking up at my little my little selection up there. It's not as big as it used to be. Um, I'd like to collect for that system again. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. good little thing. It's an and also, one to do so though. It is, it is. And also, I, I, uh, one of the reasons I didn't buy the analog Game Boy uh, system is because I've always been in love with the original uh, Game Boy Advance form factor. It just yeah. fits in my hands so much nicer than the, the the hard rectangle square of every single Game Boy that came after it. Uh, I really like the original Game Boy Advance. Uh, that that sort of spaceshipy sort of shape that I, they came up with. Yeah, the taco. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> yeah, love that yeah. one. If it wasn't for the screen, it would be the definitive GBA to this day. It uh, would be. It would be. If they put a screen and uh, a backlit screen and and uh, rechargeable battery pack in there, and I'm sure you can buy mods for that to make that happen. Um, yeah. it would be perfect. In fact, you know what? That is actually a, a a a system I need to to try and get. I really need to get me one of them, uh, as in a modded one, like you say, with the uh, the backlight and right. Because you know they're out there. I always see them at shows and stuff. Get yeah. get yourself one of them. Maybe a flash cart if you're one of those sort of people. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nintendo. Yeah, you're doing the right thing. Uh, uh, people go out and play the games via your virtual console series. That's so much better than what I suggested. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do what I just said. Definitely not. um yeah oh awesome awesome but uh anyway we're just reminiscing about how awesome the game boy advance was now yeah if this comes to uh virtual console via the switch that's nothing but a good thing we need more of that sort of stuff um i justify that subscription just that little bit more yeah yeah i still think it's it's criminal that it's taken this long I mean that 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 back end store should should still should really be looking at things like your Commodore sixty four and uh, Neo Geo PC Engine type stuff by this point, and already have all of the obvious stuff like your NES, uh, snares, N sixty four, even GameCube, Master System, Mega Drive, all of the uh, Game Gear, all of those things should have been on there up to a year into the get systems release, not this long in. But uh, hey, this is the world we live in the the, the crazy world of Nintendo. Um, we all think we know better, but the case there we go there we go yeah. um looking up some other people there shouting out some games uh mek i didn't own a gba at the time fair enough fair enough i quite never had a gba i didn't play gba games till i got myself ds halfway through its lifespan there's still a great way to play them if you don't mind the, the form factor of the, the uh, ds which is obviously a good system as well um golden sun legend of zelda minish cap uh final fantasy tactics says chevmatic um yeah i mean if you're into uh the your rpgs and stuff that's for sure i i actually did play um i think it might have been that zelda for the for the gba i can't remember which one it was um uh the game uh oh the game boy player um uh on the, that goes on the bottom of the game boy that was a great way of playing those game boy games yeah as well. it's just a shame that anything game boy related for the gba seems to be incredibly expensive and there's no real reason in my eyes that i can see uh, for that being the case it would be nice if you could uh get some hardware that could play that inexpensively um yeah beyond, beyond the things uh for me it's always going to be the sonic series on uh gba that catch my attention i've got the full yeah. set um yeah. including sonic battle which i know isn't a favorite um <laughs> but it's 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 fun you know I, I i couldn't i couldn't get into it i i reckon i played maybe i i didn't definitely didn't give it enough time I couldn't get into that though. I know there was like Sonic Pinball Party as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then that had like Nights into Dreams and Jet Set Radio uh, themed things. And then you had Pinball of the Dead, uh, which yes. is the House of the Dead with Pinball. Yeah, I had a yeah great absolutely. Load of fun with that one. 
the uh, Mario Donkey Kong toy game thing that was essentially um, uh, yeah. uh, the Krusty Funhouse game for the SNES, like done again. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were good. Um, oh man, there was so so many. Uh, and obviously the WarioWare, endless yeah. amounts of hours playing WarioWare. I, I remember I spent. I used to work in a in, in, in a in a diamond factory. It doesn't sound as la- lush as it isn't as lush as it sounds. But um, I actually bought in a Game Boy Advance emulator, and I would play um, the, the the what was it the 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 paper plane mini level on WarioWare, where you just had to like spin yeah. it left and right for every lunch for uh, what felt like weeks and weeks. I was obsessed with that, trying to beat that score. <laughs> yeah the WarioWare series was like a dark horse wasn't it um and then it was you so had, weird like, yeah it, it had the kirby tilt and tumble as well i think WarioWare yep. had the same accelerometer thing going on they uh, like, did they, the i think it was the shake it one potentially uh there that's, was one there yeah yeah that that's right but yeah um, they they, re- they truly tried like new and original ideas um mm-hmm. with the gba um, oh ice ferno how did i forget koru koru Kororin? yeah that was a that was the game, with, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, potentially. Yeah, you had all of the Castlevanias as well, which oh, came out exclusively. God, of course, Phoenix yeah. Wright started out on the GBA as well, even though the, for the West it was it wasn't until we got them over on the DS that we uh, mm-hmm. that we saw all of that. But yeah, it, just some great stuff. Michael Town sold an N sixty four to get WarioWare. Uh, I picked one up not long after, so I didn't miss out much. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, Goat King uh, is always bringing up my my constant kickoff about Nintendo's naming of the games, and that's what they they all came out of on the GBA. Uh, the best GBA title for a game: Mario Land Two Super Mario Brothers Three. <laughs> <laughs> it comes up every few podcasts, just how ridiculous those titles are. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I think the worst offender was um, it was like Yoshi's uh, Yoshi's Island, which is. Super Mario World 2, and this was Super Mario Advanced 4 or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. so ridiculous. Easily the worst named stuff compared completely, completely. Anyway, yeah. hey, if more people get to play these awesome games, that's an awesome thing. Uh, and hopefully it's all true. I'm pretty certain it is. Um, yeah. But as and when it does drop, you'll hear us reminisce about how awesome the GBA was again, and we can all chat about what games we hope will be on there as well. So yeah. that's that's the beautiful thing about this leak. You know, you just know that even if this leak wasn't immediately true, it will be in the long term because it's just the next logical step before Nintendo <laughs> Switch Online. So yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. Fingers crossed indeed. Now, ah, oh, did you know? Oh, it feels so good to say it. I'm getting goosebumps. Streets <laughs> of Rage film in the works from the guy yeah. who scripted John Wick. Um, just chatting about this in Discord today. Discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. Get yourself over there. And, um, oh, mate, mate, a Streets of Rage movie? I mean, this sort of stuff's been talked about for the longest time. I mean, they've been talking about Golden Axe movies and Crazy Taxi movies. Crazy Taxi is another one they want to do, by the way. Altered Beast was uh, another yeah. one as well. Yeah, uh, I don't think the uh, uh, the success of that that three D Altered Beast helps that in any way, shape, or form. Um, but uh, not only is this likely to happen now after the uh, you know the the first true blockbuster is it first true blockbuster? I can't really think of much before it. Uh, uh, video game adaption, uh, which was Sonic. There definitely none before that that have been that successful. Uh, I know Uncharted did quite well. Um, uh, although uh, it's Detective not Pikachu that. did pretty well. 
Oh yeah, the Pokemon movies do well, actually. Yeah, they, yeah. they do all right. They do all right. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's a Streets of Rage film happening. Um, uh, and Derek Colstead, the guy who's actually, uh, like you say, written uh, uh, John Wick, among many other things. We're talking um, uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, Soldier uh, TV show, did some of that. Uh, several other things as well. Uh, yeah, he's the guy DJ that's going to be doing it. And then DJ2 Entertainment also, you know, put together the Sonic movie. So that adds a lot of oil to the fire. Because mm-hmm. um, it sounds to me like that Sega Cinematic Universe is coming together. <laughs> what a great, what a, what a mental thing to say. It, it, it doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem <laughs> it real. It really doesn't. But um, when you think about the success of Marvel, they've been waiting for an opportunity like this for years. And all it took was that Blue Hedgehog to succeed for this to happen. And from what I'm hearing, I still haven't seen it, and I really need to. Uh, Sonic 2 is an absolute hit. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's done better than the first one in, this, in the space of time that it's been open, uh, as in box office-wise. Uh, so, yeah, really excited. So, I mean, what do we want? <laughs> Chris Pratt is <laughs> rude. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want from a Streets of Rage movie? Um, ah, I mean... It, it, it's nuts. So, I mean, I, I when I think of Streets honest. of Rage, uh, I remember as a kid, there was this one, when I used to go to my nan's house, um, I was sitting in the back of the car, and when we when we would come home, it'd be nighttime. And I'd always look out as we'd come down this hill over uh, th- th- this, this town that we have in Kent called Maidstone. Um, and I'd see all the lights in the background, and it would just always take me back to uh, Streets of Rage, the opening of Streets of Rage. The movie has to start with a nice sort of jazzy, slow, funky house beat that brings it in, panning oh, yeah. over this the, the, needs the, the to skyline. Be ni- this needs to be 90s as hell. Um, if they did something like Kung Fury, where they like gave everything that VHS filter and you know they clearly based <laughs> it off the era, I would be totally in. Because let's just face it, Streets of Rage um, wasn't really like its own thing it was yeah more, you know like an homage to those films around the same time that those films were coming out so it needs to have that effect it can't be like totally futuristic yeah they need to do it honest it's it's one of those things i think it's a pretty safe bet um because you can get the name i mean everyone knows the name streets of rage and it, it'll definitely pull on the heartstrings of all the dads oh, i remember streets of rage let's go and see it you know like that um i mean in my mind i'd like it to be a bit more of a adult thing uh, a bit more like closer to an 18 rated film but the games were never that so i'm okay if it's not every it's gonna be really hard for them to mess it up if it's a ridiculous animated movie and there's there's chickens in bins and stuff like that i'm gonna be okay with it if that doesn't quite get in there i'm gonna be okay with it i am gonna be upset if they don't add a pine pot logo in if there's not a shop if there's not an arcade or a shop or something like that that doesn't have a pine pot logo above it i will be upset but um other than that i mean I want Blaze to look like Blaze. I want I want um, uh, Axel to look like Axel. And I mean, how far do you go down the rabbit hole? Do you start throwing in kangaroos in the later games, or do you just keep it basic? Keep it basic. You know, keep it simple, stupid, like the originals. Like I'm kind of okay if they just keep it with those original couple of games, one and two, uh, to begin with. You can start throwing in robotic mad scientists and the weird Matrix sort of DLC pack of Mr. X's Nightmare and stuff like that if you want to for sequels. But just as the original, just make it a good 90s action film. Call it Streets of Rage. Make the characters look like Streets of Rage. Throw in a few references. Get some good house music in there. 
and I'll be all right. I just want them to reference that boo whoop sound like as they <laughs> oh. pick, as they pick something up. Um, but the one way they could ruin this, in my opinion, is if they try to do that fish out of water thing that they're doing with a lot of video game movies right now, because they understand that video games, you know, if you try to reference them too much, then they become a bit too gamey. That's what Jumanji did, right? Um, with the most recent Jumanji, they they said, right, the kids were sucked into the game and they get to be these characters. That cannot happen with Streets of Rage. It needs oh, to be done yeah. in universe. Okay, properly. yeah, that's. I, I don't want that. I would hate it if that happens. <laughs> Twenty-one Jump Streets of Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimate Joshi Washiness says Dan needs to be a consultant for the Streets of Rage movie, or at least can watch the two. Com- uh, at least they can watch the two complete issues. I'm going to tell you something right now. I have been looking all over, reaching out to people that I know that work in film and TV. How do I contact this person? Because I would just like to do anything, uh, give advice, this, this, you know, like uh, anything I could possibly do. I, I know, I know, Streets of Rage so well. I've got, I've got design documents that very few people have of this game, uh, of, of, of the first game when it when it was when when one of the characters were called God Hand or something ridiculous. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I feel like I, I've got quite a lot to offer, and and I, I, not to blow my own trumpet, but when they made Streets of Rage four, they watched my video in in preparation for it, which I was uh, easily one of the that th- that's a hang the coat up like you, you're a voice on the Simpsons, you've made it sort of like achievement in my mind. Uh, right, it's probably never going to get higher than that. Yeah, that, that's that's Michael's just raised the point there. That's the other way, right? Is if they have a Mortal Kombat style Cole character. If you've seen the most recent Mortal Kombat movie, you know exactly what that means. And that's by having a character that has nothing to do with the series and essentially make them the audience character as Axel Blaze and Adam like tear up the streets of rage. Um, But then they become like the better than all three of them. I hate that. I so hate it. <laughs> they can't. They can't do that. It's it's a tough. One. I, I really enjoyed that Mortal Kombat movie. I thought that was fun as hell. I thought that it was, was so, good. so much fun. It was good, but Cole did not need to be there. It was. It was totally <laughs> the fan. Fiction I, I, I wasn't offended by him. I thought it was quite fun. I thought it was quite fun. Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I just don't know what angle they're going to go down. Do they? Do they go down a ridiculous route of like? <sighs> It's so over the top that they are literally eating chickens out of bins and there is a fighting kangaroo and there is a mad scientist that's half a robot and uh, that the, the bad guy is a Terminator inside. You know, stupid stuff like everyone looks like they're a villain from the first, from the, the, from the campy Batman movies. You know, <laughs> like, you know, is it going to be that ridiculous? Are they going to make boom noises when they eat stuff? Like, I remember when I watched Mortal Kombat and I'm, I think, I, did I watch it with my wife? I watched it with someone that just doesn't know Mortal Kombat. And they were doing all their moves. Like, get over here. Like, why are they saying this? Like, they have to say it. Shut up. Right? They yeah, have to it's, say it. It's a thing. <laughs> get with it. Yeah. Like, are they going <laughs> to go that far with it? Because I'm kind of okay if they do. Uh, but at the same time, if they just make a standard good action movie, like the classic, you know, Stallone movies or whatever else, I'm kind of okay with that too. Like, it's, it's a property I really don't think they can screw up unless they really try hard. And, and then they've got a good guy behind it. So, yeah. I imagine after doing stuff like John Wick, uh, which I know is a bit, over the top but like more than a little bit it's very over the top and um something a bit more serious like captain america winter soldier uh, if i was in his shoes i would want to do something a bit more fun 
like Streets of Rage. It sounds like a fun project to be a part of. Oh, for sure. And make sure you get Yuzo Koshiro in there at some point. You know, uh, it, it has film score film scores are a thing, right? But you can't have Streets of Rage without the soundtrack, and that's something they constantly mess up probably due to licensing rights and what have you in video game movies. They're only just starting to find their feet when it comes to Sonic. Um, they yeah, cannot yeah. ignore that for Street Rage at all. I, I'm getting goosebumps. Literally, I've said it already, but I'm getting goosebumps imagining what they could do. I'm sitting in a cinema. If I hear like that, 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 that come in and that, that, that Sega. Oh my God. It'd just yeah, be... Out of this world, and, and you can you can up, bit, update it a bit. Even if they just had the balls to start the film like that, where it's just like going right, all of this stuff happened in the background. We know what you're actually here for. You're here for, to watch these guys like fight through, you know, hordes of people. So we're just going to skip to that. <laughs> I, 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 I almost want that. like a, a, a Star Wars intro where you have the text going up like it does in the game, you know, and and you see the skyline behind it. And then I, I just want that camera to come down and they're on the streets and it's just instant fighting. And that's how it starts. I'm like, yes, yes, please. Someone press that A button and make that cop sh- rain fire. <laughs> you know? yeah. Oh, if we don't, if we don't see that at some point in the movie, then that's a fail. But I don't know. Yeah, though, but, it's car, such like... a re- but it's such a typical video game thing to do. Like no cop's going to come along and just aim their Uzi up into the air and just rain fire onto <laughs> the bad guys. I hope it doesn't hit my guy. That'd be badass though, wouldn't it? Oh, it's so cool. But again, if they go that ridiculous with it, I'm kind of okay with that too. I, 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 this is just so exciting. So exciting. And one of the topics we haven't actually added in here, but it's probably worth talking about, is the fact that um, uh, whilst we're chatting about Sega as well, I'm going to quickly bring it up now. Um, uh, Sega want to uh, uh, going to be bringing back using the Fortnite engine, which I thought was quite interesting. No, it's um, the Fortnite business model specifically. Oh, okay, business model. Yeah. Sorry, uh, which Crazy Taxi worried. and Jet Set Radio. Yeah, it's it's like everyone seems to have an appetite for Sega all of a sudden, and I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> yes. I am yeah. a bit worried about that whole Fortnite business model thing because you know what that means. That means I, I, play with cosmetics, but yeah, um, I, I think there was. It was it was it was going to happen. Like I, I I don't approve of it. I hope that doesn't be the case. I hope it doesn't go too far down that route. There are definitely free to play games out there that are done right, but um, yes, yeah, it doesn't sound great from the from the get go. I mean, I, I wouldn't have led with that if I was the PR team. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I mean, like if they came out and said, "Look, guys, right, okay, you know, we we know we." We know that this isn't the most popular thing, especially for diehard Sega fans that grew up with buying a disc and being able to put it in and play. But let's just face it, these games probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this business model. Um, I would be okay with that. If they came out and said that, this is the only way we could we could legitimately do it. We wanted to bring these these things back, and this is the only way um, we we could bring it to you. Then fair enough, right? No, it's not fair but... enough because it's a lie. Sega have been <laughs> yeah. putting out their classic franchises to to other studios, which I, I approve of because they're doing a good job. You know, you've got these people doing these Alex Kid games for the most part are really good. Um, oh, sorry, not Alex Kid. I was thinking um, uh, the Wonder Boy games. Uh, Alex Kid was probably as good as it could have been, but I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan in the first place. Uh, obviously, Streets of Rage was fantastic. The uh, Sonic Mania that was more of an in-house thing, but by getting outsiders to help them. Um, 
So they're doing the right thing. So it, it proves that they can do these things without microtransactions. Uh, and th th there's no reason why they can't do it with, you know, like you say, definitely Jet Set Radio, but probably Crazy Taxi as well. I mean, Jet Set Radio does not need to be a microtransaction-y game at all. I mean, that is a story-driven Tony Hawk's-type game. Uh, it just doesn't need to be. Um, um, so, yeah, I wouldn't give them the, the, the go-ahead on that personally. Yeah. yeah. But regardless, well, hey, if it means we're bringing back these classic franchises, it's still a good thing. Um, I, I, I think Sega uh, are in a, in, in a bit of a heart. They're, they're becoming more and more so the company that that I've always loved. Uh, and you've got to look at Sega as two different companies. Well, there's a lot of different companies. You've got the arcade scene, which is completely different than the, 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 the console gamey releasing scene. When people think of Sega, for the most part, especially people listening into this, they're thinking of the classic Sega games, and you just cannot release those classic Sega games in this day and age for, as a full price game. Crazy Taxi was a full price game, and that is a game you can, you, you 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 finish in, in after three minutes of playing. That you just wouldn't be able to get away with in this day and age. You just wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a ten pound game at game. most. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. There's so many games like that. So so many games, classic, you know, your Daytona USA's, and uh, there's so many games that Sega released uh, that are just so quick. I mean, look at Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage 4 is arguably, I mean, I don't personally think this, but it's arguably better than any Streets of Rage before it, and it was still technically a budget title. Um, you know, yeah. it, it wasn't a AAA 50, 60 quid game. That was a £25 game on release or whatever it was. Um because times have moved on. People want more bang for their buck. Um, so that old Sega model of making arcade games just will not work in this day and age. That's why you've got the classic Sega games and you've got these newer ones where they're making the, you know, the two-point hospitals and, and those more um, you know, company of hero type games. They have to be those two different types of companies. However, moving into this, um, uh, I feel like the last five years or so have really proven that their classic franchises can be done uh, really well. I mean, you look at, like I say, Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap 3. That was unbelievable. Good. So, so good. Uh, obviously, Street of Rage 4 was actual. incredible. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're doing a bloody good job. And actual fact, I got this only today. I'll, I'll say what it is for people that are listening in. Um, oh, the big collector set of um, Clockwork Aquero. The oh, yeah. longest game to be released of all time it was finished and then not released until like 20 something years later yeah that was like a classic Sega arcade. In the making yeah actually not classic I, that's definitely the wrong word because it was never released i, I played yeah. through it it's not bad at all <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah time's moving on and i feel like sega are in a really good place they've got their new age type of games with you know the stuff they do with atlas and all that sort of thing which is great they need to do that but they're becoming their, their legacy games are just getting more and more popular. So when I hear things like Jet Set Radio is coming back, and I hear things like Crazy Taxi is coming back, it just yes makes me happy. Makes me happy. And um, they're finally understanding. Uh, and it's not just them; the whole the whole industry are finally understanding how to do that uh, with those classic pick up and play, put down arcade games. Right? They're, they're bloody good. Bloody good. Oh, yeah. nothing but a good thing. Nothing now do but Afterburner. A good thing. Now bring back Afterburner. Everyone loves oh. Afterburner. See that another perfect example. You could not release Afterburner in this day and age and release it as a full price game. You just couldn't. Sure. Yeah. Uh, still exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Ah, uh, let's uh, let's upset Nintendo while we're at it. Eh? Let's let's proper go back to the Sega days. Genesis. I, I think, <laughs> I'll tell you what. There's there's three topics in particular <laughs> this uh, this week, which is just like let's just 
kick them while they're down. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something that Nintendo should have done uh, two, three years ago, maybe even sooner. Um, and that yeah. is a proper remaster of Metroid Prime. I um, reckon this is I, still coming. Oh, I reckon so they're cool. probably remastering it already. I mean, you, you never know. They are the most... I say backwards company, but they are the most confusing company. Oh, um, yeah. But they're, I mean, I hope they're making it themselves. But until then, hey, someone else is. What are we talking about? We're talking about Metroid Prime Remaster Mod lets you play the game in 4K, 60 frames a second with new textures and lighting. And boy, oh boy, does it look good. Got a little gameplay footage right here. Let's turn that down. Um, and yeah, want to see what Metroid Prime looks like in 4K? Mate, I, I want to play through this. Oh yeah, this looks sweet. So one of my main like draw, my main things about like playing Metroid Prime is it's all well and good. Like I I've, I've got a GameCube I can hook up to my CRT and it you know it it looks as good as I remember, you know, but it doesn't look like this where it's just like super smooth and at a really high resolution with a really good field of view. That's mm -hmm. the one that's those are the, the the kind of things that you know stop me from going back to play it some more. Um I am totally in on this, and I I would love to have said that Nintendo did this themselves, but man, these fans are dedicated. You gotta hand it to them, especially when they're redoing all of these textured assets themselves and just so, releasing complete projects before even you know announcing them before. It's just so good. Yeah. Um, so Salad Snake Free in the chat saying it had a real good art design. It's aged really well. Tbh, I I agree. I agree. It's one of those games. Um, it doesn't happen too often. It only happens a couple of times a year at most. Sometimes, it, you know, a whole year will go past. But it's one of those games that I remember everything about the surrounding I was in when I played it for the first time. And I was experiencing, like, wow, this is so good. Like, just those blow-you-away moments. It happened with me with Portal 2. It happened with me with um, uh, Mario Galaxy the first time I played it. You know, there's a lot of games. Like Sonic there, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. I remember when I played Sonic and Knuckles and or Sonic... Uh, yeah, Sonic and Knuckles, um, all these gift different games, and um, yeah, I, I remember running through the uh, one of the one of the little uh, tunnel areas that you run through, and then a blast, and you start to, you see your own reflection, and it's like, wow, this is so, this is next level stuff. Like games can't look better than this, surely. Hey, you know, <laughs> twenty years later, I'll prove them wrong because look, the fans have just done it, four K in sixty frames a second. Blue Lou oh, wants yeah. to ask, and maybe you can answer this one, uh, Grizzly. How are they even achieving this? Is this um, uh, the original game source code in some way? Have they updated the original game files, or is this brand new made in Unreal? What, what's going on here? What's the trickery? So it's literally just like a texture pack that you install as part of like the ROM file uh, mm -hmm. on on the dolphin emulator so you need access to an original like iso uh to be able to play this you can't just download metroid prime 4k edition you need to have the original thing and that's probably how they're going to like stave off some of the you know piracy criticism that usually goes these these ways it's the smart way of doing it in my opinion yeah um and to be honest i don't know how nintendo can really fight against that but nintendo i'm sure will find a way um, well, you don't know. I mean, I remember. I remember seeing some guy's Patreon. I can't remember who it was, but he was. Um, 
you could basically download HD texture packs for a crazy yeah. amount of classic Game Boy, uh, sorry, GameCube uh, games. Uh, it caught my eye because I'm obsessed with the Pikmin franchise, and he had like Pikmin one and two for the GameCube. Um, and yeah, he had like HD texture packs, but for his Patreon, you could then get the 4K versions, or at least it was 720 to 1080, whatever. Um, uh, and from my understanding, he's still going. <laughs> so, I mean, if he's yeah. able to get away with it with so many other franchises, hey. It depends, maybe... it de- it depends who you're pissing off, really. <laughs> in this yeah, case, and I also think it, yeah, it depends what they're working on in the back end. Because if they are actually working on a Metroid Prime remake, which there's every possible chance they could be doing this. I mean, if I was Nintendo, again, you never know what Nintendo are going to do. But if I was Nintendo, I definitely would be getting a third-party studio to take the original source code and just, hey, here you go make this look stupidly nice please um oh yeah i would be doing that especially considering you had to restart uh metroid prime 4 which is what they had to do they uh, for people that don't know what we're talking about then they announced that metroid prime 4 has actually started development and then what was it like a year later possibly two years later they did an announcement which has never happened before from what i understand where they said sorry it's actually a bit crap I'm paraphrasing here, obviously. Um, so we've restarted the entire thing, giving it back to the original studio, Retro uh, Retro Studios, to, to essentially start again. Um, Which is basically what happened with the first Metroid Prime, but we just didn't hear about it, right? Because they, oh, they yeah, had, yeah. this this game had a hell of a lot of uh, issues in the development stage. I mean, you could always check out uh, Dan's complete history on Metroid uh, Prime <laughs> to to understand that. But yeah, th- this game did not have the smoothest like transition from development to release, mm-hmm. um, and Metroid Prime just seems to be you know following that same mold. So yeah. it it'd be interesting to see if that game even like ever comes out because they announced it what how many years ago five years ago yeah, and it, yeah all we so. saw was just a picture on the screen and then a wireframe of Samus at one point and then Metroid Prime Dread and you know the 3DS game came out since and it's just kind of been uh, it's it, it's wondering whether it's actually ever going to be a thing I hope so it, because Metroid uh, Prime it, is amazing it will. Um... I think it's insanely unlikely that it'll even it'll happen on the Switch, or at the least it'll be one of those typical Zelda, um, was it the the Twilight Princess thing where it comes out on both? Yeah, um, you know, like that, whatever this this generation and whatever the Switch Two will be called. Um, and uh, yeah, like I say, Nintendo need to themselves uh, remaster this game because I mean they're, they're already keeping the name of Metroid alive a little bit, like you say with Dread and stuff like that, and. Um, which, you know, as great as those games are, they're obviously a lot less work to do that than make an entire Metroid Prime from scratch. Um, so, yeah, they need to, to, to keep that, 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 that Metroid fandom happy and excited, ready for um, when Metroid Prime 4 comes out. So, um, yeah. but hey, you know, you never know if they're going to do it. And like I say, we've got a fan here that's doing it for us. The, wor- the worrisome thing about Metroid in general is that Metroid as a series, historically, does not sell well for Nintendo. Um, mm. That's that's just that's just a fact, you know. Well, in the past, it hasn't, but Dread actually sold incredibly well. Yeah, that was the outlier. Yeah. Um, so fingers crossed, they look at that and go, "Hang on, there might be some legs in this yet." I mean, yeah. everyone talks about Super Metroid as being an absolute classic. It really um, is. It is this it, the only thing that's really let Metroid down, in my opinion, is the fact that it keeps releasing for hardware that does not sell well. Um, the Switch <laughs> should be, you know. Should be the outlier to all of that. I mean, yeah, yeah. proven with Dread, as you say. So, 
my my history with it is uh, I started with Super Metroid. Um, I didn't have a Super Nintendo back in the day, and I've said about this a thousand times. But like, yeah, I didn't have a Super Nintendo back in the day. And then obviously, when you you know you, you start looking into retro gaming, you, you start hearing about the obvious classics first when you start collecting for you know the, the the opposing system. So for me, you know, when I bought a Super Nintendo, I got my Mario Kart, and I got my you know Super Mario World, and you know different things like that, and your Kirby games and what have you. Um, and uh, I always heard about Super Metroid. Oh, I don't know about that game. I don't know about that game. And then I bought the Wii U. I still hadn't played it. And I got the Wii U and they did an offer um, where they were like selling, uh, I think it was like to promote the virtual console bit. And it was like £1.99 for the one, one a week. And one of the games was Super Metroid. I was like, hey, I'm willing to drop £1.99 on this. And I played it and I was like, God damn, this is good. And, and, and for someone to say that, I don't even know how many years that was into the future, maybe like 20 years into the future after the game's released, um, playing it on much more powerful hardware. And it's still a fantastic game and it still gives off all the vibes that it would have done from back in the day. I was like, you know what? I understand. I I, I get it. I, I fully get it. I understand why people like this so much. Um, and I was like, fully enough of it. It's, it's not my favorite, but because um, in, in parts, it is a, potentially a bit too cryptic. Um, but uh, yeah, I... I, I Freaking awesome game. And ever since then, I've had to keep playing all of the other games. I've played most of them. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. But, um, hey, hopefully Nintendo don't get a, a, a stick up their ass and uh, put the old cease and desist down. Because they're very likely to. But, oh, uh, yeah. Hey, in, yeah. Hmm. in the past, they haven't with other things like this. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I'm, I'm going based on the, uh, the Smash Brothers mod. You know, that um, M, oh, yeah. Project M. And uh, that was very clearly, you know, not liked. And in the similar vein to this, where it's just like a patch with additional characters, mm -hmm. um, they're not going to like this if they're not working. And that's just yeah. the way it goes. And obviously, let's not forget AM2R, <laughs> which yeah. they took down, which is a game, again, for people that don't know, AM2R is a game that was made entirely from scratch. It, was, uh, it stands for another Metroid 2 remake, because at the time when it was started development, there was a lot of people trying to remake a, Met uh, a Metroid Prime. Sorry. Uh, uh, Metroid 2, the Game Boy game. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's sublimely good. Uh, but hey, behind the scenes, at least talks were happening, or at least development had started, one of the two, uh, with their own Metroid 2 remake, um, which was good, just not as good as the fan remake. <laughs> and obviously, Nintendo weren't having none of this. So they threw the old cease and desist in instantly. You can still find it. And it's freaking awesome really really good and a little little factoid for you there guys people that um the guy that worked on that doom something i think it was maybe doom 64 oh if i got that right that's a good bit of memory from me um he uh he went on to work on ori in the blind forest which is my uh all-time favorite metroidvania oh wow. so, uh, yeah there you go there you go uh because of that so there we go ah a lot of love in this episode a lot of love Definitely. Not 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 for, for not for Nintendo employees, but not love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's time to knock all that down now. As we move into E3, cancel. Uh, you skipped one. You skipped one. Oh, did I? Whoops. Yeah, it's Pac Man time. Oh yeah. Okay, we'll go back to that first then. Oh my. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, Ms. Pac Man. Um, in the new uh, archives Pac-Man series that they've released, has been renamed uh, in the Pac-Land game. Has been renamed to Pac-Mom. Firstly, that's weird because Mom 
is possibly only America. There might be other places in the world, but it's definitely not the case here in the, in, in the UK. I know when I read like comics or something and they reference mom as a kid, I was like, what the hell are they talking about? Uh, it's a really weird way they've gone down that. Um, now, this isn't done for any particular reason except for the fact that the, 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 the rights to Ms. Pac-Man is actually always been an issue. Always, always been an issue. Again, I've done a complete history all about this, where basically um, uh, the, 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 whole, the whole story behind this, so I'll, I'll try and do this quickly, but the story behind this, Pac-Man was obviously a fantastic arcade game. It, it blew up America massively and, and, and all around the world. Um, and uh, there was there was a group of uh, modders for arcade machines. They did things like Missile Command and that. So basically, the arcade owners uh, would have people come in, and they would be so so good at the at the arcade games. They could drop you know ten cents or whatever it was to play these games. Be so good, and they could just sit there for hours playing the game over and over. You know, every map, every map, every map. Uh, and so what these modders would do would they would sell unofficial kits to uh these these uh, uh these arcade owners that they would put in for like 150 200 euro uh, dollars whatever it was uh, and it would significantly change the game um and they were they'd done it with missile command I, I believe it was missile command that took them to court or the people that owned missile command took them to court and they lost so the people that actually made these arcade boards were able to get away with it they then contacted uh who is it it's capcom isn't it they contacted capcom and said um we're going to make a Miss Pac-Man one. Um, uh, you can either buy it off us or Namco. we're going to release it. Sorry? It was Namco. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Namco, not Capcom. Um, and uh, yeah, they're going to, we're going to take you to, you know, we're, we're going to release it or you can buy it off us. So obviously they decided, you know what, let's work with these hackers. Uh, they made Miss Pac-Man, but then by doing that, the, 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 the name rights have been between those two companies, Namco and these, this little hacker group. Um, so, Whenever uh, they they release a Ms. Pac-Man, uh, I've got a little mini arcade of it in my garage. Um, that the, the hacker group they they essentially get royalties. Uh, so uh, Namco's way around this in this instance and many many other instances in history is to change Ms. Pac-Man into another character. This is, from what I understand, potentially a new character, Pac-Mom. Yeah, I don't so... think she's been in it before. Potentially the Hanna Barbera cartoon. I'm not sure, but. Um, no, yeah, no. So it's it's always been like Ms. or Mrs. Pac-Man. Um, so this character is basically just a recolor and a rename, just to say that this is legally distinct from Ms. Pac-Man. Um, yeah. Because at the moment, At Games owns the license to um, uh, Ms. Pac-Man, and they they were That's constantly right, battling, yeah. constantly battling with Namco Bandai because they said, right, no, we've got the license for this character. Um, any release that you do needs to be done through us. And of course, that severely limited them. So it had to be done at some point. What yeah. I don't like is how this fundamentally. <laughs> okay, this is go might be going a bit too far. And I'm fully prepared for people to turn around and laugh at this like, opinion. But fundamentally, <laughs> but this like type of name change actually changes the character somewhat. Because like I know it's... You know, we're we're talking about a yellow blob with legs and you know very little in the way of personality. But you changed her from being you know a non-married you know yellow blob, <laughs> Ms. Pac-Man who didn't need no man and is potentially divorced, <laughs> right? Into you know the very you know the very gender role that they're. It's it's a very specific, you know. You are the mother now. You're not just like 
your own woman anymore. And that's yeah. when when you see the okay. artwork for Miss Pac-Man, that's quite a significant change. She's now been domesticated, you know? That's that's a character change. It's a pre it's not a pre Oh, it could be the prequel Iceferno. You're right. <laughs> this is before uh, so, yeah, is, this, this, this is Batman. This is so <laughs> all over the place. It, it, it changes a lot. Now, I'm actually going to say I quite like that this has happened because it's a weird little history thing. Um, yeah, of course, from a, uh, uh, um, I don't know, like a preservation thing, I would like the original game to be on there. Uh, but for the, for, the, for the person that likes things changed up all the time, uh, I quite like that this has happened because Pac-Man's already been on 500 different other compilations. Um, I look at it like the fact that, you know, Revenge of Shinobi for the Mega Drive, you got the original release where it had Pac-Man, uh, uh, not Pac-Man, it had um, uh, Batman, it had Spider-Man, Godzilla, essentially the Terminator, <laughs> all these other characters that Sega were like, yeah, just chuck them in, chuck them in. And then one by one, they had to keep re-releasing that game and just take that character out, take that character out, take that character out. Um, it was ridiculous. It was so funny. Uh, even to this day, even to this day, when they release that game on like virtual console type releases, they actually have to uh, um, change it because they had the license to Spider Man at one point back in the day, so they were able yeah. to keep that one in there. But they don't have it anymore, so they had to take it out. You know, so he's now like some black uh, bat spider thing. It's, yeah, it's like really a pink ninja at one point. Where yeah, that was it. They kept the changing it. So yeah. I like the fact from someone that likes to see all of the weird changes that happened throughout the years, the fact that, oh my God, now, okay, they've changed it for this particular release. I, I think that's quite an exciting thing. Um, but um, it's just an interesting thing to bring up, really. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a significantly uh, uh, important series in gaming. Um, I've done a complete history on this one as well. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I, mean, I, I quite like this. Um but uh, I can understand why people are angry. Yeah. <laughs> angry Grizzly shouts at Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I accept that one. I accept that completely. No, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't believe they domesticated Miss Batman. That's just that's just wrong, you know. Yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. It's it's a stupid thing um, for it to have happened. But the fact that it has happened makes me makes the situation funny in my eyes. I don't know. And yeah, uh, yeah that, that, that's that's really all I've got going for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I've just seen in the chat um, from my Quail uh, talking about Ken Penders. Uh, he's also been in the news recently about the um, usage of like the Echidna character from the Archie <coughs> Sonic the Hedgehog uh, comics um, characters he claims to have created, and he's now taking uh, Sega and the movie makers to court for using those characters. It's it's one another one of those situations where. You know, they've created this external character within an established franchise and then they're claiming ownership of that. I it's it's interesting to see like who actually owns like the designs. I mean, could Rareware take Nintendo for to court because they created Diddy Kong as an intro as, uh, as an Yeah, exactly. This sort of stuff's been going on to the for the longest time. I mean, there's always the talk of, you know, Oswald the Rabbit. Uh, before you had Mickey Mouse, you had Oswald the Rabbit, and that, that was yeah. taken away from Walt Disney because he made it on uh, at a, a company before he started the Walt Disney Animation Studios. So um, the, the story there is they, he had to make up a, another character on the spot, and on the train ride, he quickly drew this mouse character, and voila, you got Mickey Mouse. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this stuff's been going on forever. Um, and uh, uh, no, the, the historian in me um, 
not to, to steal gaming historian's name there really, but I, 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 I always find this stuff really interesting. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, Pac Mom. I don't like the name though. That's for sure. No. Not. It needs to be Pac Mam to be. Uh, oh, it's so ridiculous. To be regional, you know. I mean, to be fair, it was ridiculous to begin with because there was always the argument. Uh, no, you're saying it wrong. It's not Mrs. It's not Miss. It's Ms. Well, that doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Ms. Can I, can I have a go on your Ms. Pac-Man machine? <laughs> Ms. Pac-Man. Ms. <laughs> Packet, says Michael Towns. And then to make this even more confusing, I don't know if the collection, I'd have to research it, but I don't know if this new collection um, has the regional differences on there. So you can like, you know, some ones you can load up the Japanese version and then the UK version or whatever else, power release, whatever. Um, but the, um, uh, the, at least the American version, I have to check and see if it's the PAL version as well, but at least the American version was actually redone originally anyway to uh, make it more rebranded to the... Um, uh, the the, the Hanna Barbera cartoon show, which the arcade Japanese version didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so th- th- this game's been swapped around sprites like no one's business. Move over, Crazy Castle. I mean, look right there. This is an yeah. arcade playthrough, and it's completely different to Pac Man. Mum, mom. Oh my god, this is going to be so bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. As someone said in the uh, GT Beakerman. It's just a petty situation. Absolutely. And we've just talked yeah. about it for about 20, 30 minutes. You're not getting exactly. that time back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this, post, this podcast is all about. Petty situations that we like to discuss. There you go. Absolutely. At great length for no reason. Oh, yes. To make you wonder, what am I listening to, actually? You're listening to those people that are talking to you about the fact that E3 has been cancelled. Yes. there. And speaking of petty situations, I'm going to be one of those guys who turns around and says, ah, yeah, we kind of saw this one coming, didn't we? Because we, we talked do. about this last year when E3 was cancelled in 2021, mm-hmm. um, and we kind of made the prediction uh, where we turned around and said, well, this could well spend the uh, spell the end of E3 entirely because... Uh, developers going to look at their digital showcases and go, "Hey, um, we didn't need to spend out on all of these like expensive like showcases, or you know, spending all of that money to get on Microsoft's thing because people will still come and they'll still watch regardless." And it's kind of been proven true. So mm-hmm. E3, as a result, it's not happening this year, despite the fact that people seem to be, you know, getting over COVID, um, whether that's true or not. Um, yeah, it's just not happening. And I'm pretty sure the uh, convention center was going to be renovated at some point soon. So that could also be the other reason um, as to why it's not going ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as you said, it's it was so predictable. It was so, so predictable. And um, there's not really much else to say about it other than that. Yeah, it, it was a predictable thing that we predicted, uh, as I'm sure everyone else did. Um it's like when uh, Nintendo first started showing off these, instead of going to these big events, they started doing them online. At first, I was like, really? Really? And I, yeah. oh, wow, now everyone's doing it. You know, you've got your PlayStation uh, All Access, or whatever they call their one, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think it's really only Xbox that does the big live shows like they used to. Um, um, yeah, so that was the, 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 I feel like, one of the first pegs of the big downward spiral. Uh, it costs less. You get you get. F- Full coverage on everything that happens. Nothing's going to go wrong because it's all pre-done. You get to show off exactly what you want, exactly how it gets to go through all of the right marketing teams so they show off and market whatever game they're talking about properly. It's, um, 
yeah, uh, it, it was just so predictable. The, 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 the thing that I thought when I first saw this, I was, I was upset. Um, I was upset. Hey, Larry, over in the chat. Good to see you here, mate. Um, uh, I was upset about the fact that I always, always wanted to go to E3. Always wanted to go to E3. If you want to do something, guys, just do it because eventually you, you, you might not get, ever yeah. get the opportunity to because I feel like I'm never going to get that opportunity now to go to a proper E3 ever again. So I, I feel like I've had the distinct pleasure of going to the last E3, it seems, because I, I went in 2019 uh, for my day job. And uh, I've got to say, wasn't that impressed uh, compared to the likes. I, I've pretty much said this all before, but for anyone that's new, um, E3 it's not nearly as big as you think it is. Um, if you've ever been to a convention where there's like giant halls, um, let me just put it this way. E3 is about two halls in size. Uh, whereas if you go to Gamescom, you can multiply that by five uh, because it's just that much bigger and so much more to see, so much more to do. Sure, you're not getting those fresh announcements, but you're actually getting to play the games at a near finished state. And to mm -hmm. me, that's more valuable than seeing games in a preview state um, that you would typically see at E3. Um, so, yeah, I, the only thing we're missing out on is just having that curated week of just announcement after announcement. Mm -hmm. I did feel last year that when we had the different showcases, some took way too long to be, like said. I mean, PlayStation, they took their sweet time, didn't they? And to yeah. be honest, their August... Their, re their replacement showcase uh, for E3 was really, really poor. Yeah, uh, I remember yeah. us hating that state of play. Um, yeah, it's just someone's going to step in. They're going to make an alternative. Jeff Keighley uh, has been making it very clear that with his Summer Games Fest that he wants to be the new E3. And he'll probably succeed because he did a good job last year, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I am going to miss like the the cringe cringeworthiness of the live like conference, which Microsoft was still very good at. Um, I just miss the excitement of it. But you get the excitement from watching from afar, not from being. Yeah, it. There's just no reason to do it if you're a game company. You you want you want as many people's eyes to to see your stuff. And surprise. You get a lot more eyes when you broadcast it on YouTube than you do in a big room that's never going to fill that many seats. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, totally. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it is a shame because, like I say, I, I never got to go to the, to a proper E3. Uh, and even, you know, I'm sure this isn't going to be the end, but like, even when they come back and I do end up going to one of those things, it's not going to be like the classic ones. Um, uh, put me in a time machine to the release of the PlayStation and stuff like that. That would be the the one I want to go to, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's uh, we're moving forward. And uh, sorry, E three, but you are out of here. Absolutely. You've made the list. So they are saying that E three will be back in twenty twenty three as sure a whole new reinvigorated thing. But by reinvigoration, I think they mean downsized at this stage. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the gusto like they used to. No, no. Um, I mean, there's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I like going to like indie ones like this where you just go along and you just see sea of games that you don't know nothing about. Because when I have been to shows that are, you know, uh, big big game shows, like the ones, that, the one we met at actually, um, yeah. they, I don't know, when you see people queuing up for hours to play an Assassin's Creed game that they can probably play at home on a demo, it just it's, it's, it seems such a pointless thing to do. 
uh, where they have like these endless amounts of demos for for new indie games with one or two people in front of you at most at any time. Like that's what I want to experience when I go to those go to these types of shows. So I'm hoping um, that that part of E3 and that part of E3, from what I understand, does exist. That's the 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 the, the area they're going to push more uh, into the future. Hopefully. Um, I'm sure there's a way around this, uh, just not the way it used to be. You're not going to have the big three anymore. It has to evolve, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, more movie news, though. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is weird. So um, not many people realize this, but there is a Mario Brothers movie. No, 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 we are not talking about that terrible live-action Mario Brothers movie. There is a Mario Brothers animated movie, and now... You can watch it in 4K because, yep, someone's gone and 4K'd that bad boy animation uh, up. Um, yeah. Um, I, I've never watched it. I haven't really got any interest in doing so either. But, um, hey, we like talking about game preservation, so I suppose this is nothing but a good thing. Yeah, so this is a full-on re- uh, full on remaster of the 1980s uh, Mario film called... Uh, it, this is the English name for it. Super Mario Brothers, The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. Uh, it's, a, it's an OVA in, in the similar vein that Sonic uh, Sonic Hedgehog movie was back in the day. And I've got to say, it looks really cool and somewhat uh, really faithful to the, to the original game. So I've always been curious. Uh, it's still very much an 80s cartoon, so you've got to kind of give or take a, a few things. But I absolutely believe this should be a watch party uh, at some point. Um, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So it's something we should do before Nintendo decides to kibosh this from YouTube because it's not going to be up there long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and for people that are listening rather than watching, uh, you, I can tell you that there are actually English subs on this bad boy, uh, but you have yeah. to like turn them on. So yeah, I suppose you probably want to go and watch this as soon as. Uh, I'll put a link but to people watching live, but please don't leave us until we're over because we've got a few topics left we're going to be chatting about. Uh, but yeah, massive shout out to, what's the YouTube account? Femboy Films. Okay, yeah, shout out to you guys <laughs> for doing yeah. this thing. Um, it looks crystal clean, it's got to be said. Like, Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't believe day. this is something from the, what, 80s, potentially 90s, whenever this came out. Yeah, yeah, like you, you can you can <clears throat> see like the imperfections on the animation cells at times. It's it's kind of glorious to see. But yeah. they've, they've done a really good job of clearing up all of that typical noise that you would see. Yeah, they've done a really, really good job. Really, really good job. So oh, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um if I'm not mistaken, that is our last main topic. So we are now on to the and the rest section. Um uh, yep. starting with oh we do like to kick water games a little bit when they do wrong. Yes. And uh, yeah, go on, you, you take it away. So we've been talking about water <clears> games <throat> for a good while. I mean, at first it was just disbelief at the, the, the fact that a copy of Super Mario Brothers selling for over, uh, over $2 million, wasn't it? Or something like that, a million and a half. Stupid. The most arguably, like we've been definitely won two top most popular games on that system selling for that amount of money. It's not rare in any way shape or form is the then, opposite of rare it's a common game <laughs> exactly i got my copy for a tenner um in fact i got my copy with the with the nintendo for free there you go even better um and then we started talking about there was a great video that went around about water games and exactly you know the kind of 
um it was alleged fraud i say alleged because you know you've got to be you know legally distinct but let's just put it this way it's most likely fraud it was um, i mean allegedly yeah <laughs> about all of the uh the the people behind water buying up a bunch of sealed games grading them themselves and then putting them up for sale for exorbitant prices um which is very unethical uh when mm. you consider that they're supposed <clears> to be <throat> running both an auction outlet and a grading service at the same time it's not a good look so what's happening at the moment and this this was announced a while back but um the there's a class action being raised against them for everyone who's been uh, suckered in to these really poor practices um and this is where it's starting to gather steam. So this is a Reddit post uh, from a couple of the lawyers who are involved in the class action lawsuits. And they're basically saying, brace yourself because that letter is incoming. Um, I'm very much looking forward to reading uh, that because it's all about market manipulation. It's about creating those bubbles. And this this goes further than you think it does. It's not just about um, arbitration within the retro gaming market. This is the kind of thing that affects, you know, NFTs. It affects all markets, comic books, movies, um, you know, just any collectible you can think of. Because if this goes through and they're caught for it, then that means that this kind of thing is off the limits and you won't get as many of those, you know, collectible bubbles forming anymore. And I'm I'm all for seeing that kind of thing abolishing because let's just face it, it's a pyramid scheme in a different form. It's, yeah, you need, it's to, need to make sure that those those get destroyed in in any way and to justice. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, moving on because what a crap scene. Uh, let's hope they get done. I really do because yeah. it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Too. Uh, yeah, that amount. The most expensive game ever sold is for one of the most common games if not the most common game for a popular system. It's so stupid. Um, now, moving on to some quite hilarious news, actually. <laughs> uh, who remembers Club Penguin? <laughs> <laughs> I remember there. trying it for like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something, like signing in to like see what you could do sort of stuff, like in the mid-2000s. Uh, so for people that don't know, it was kind of, what, an MMO? Was it an MMO? I suppose that's the way you could put sort it. Of, yeah, it's it. It was like um, I remember it. I remember it quite vividly because the if anyone's seen the movie Four Lions, which is about four terrorists trying yeah, I've to seen it. Yeah, like, yeah. take out the the you know the the society, they they parodied this by using something called Puffin Pals. Uh, it? and it's yeah. just it was just essentially like a kids chat room, and you know immediately know where stuff like this could go. If in the wrong hands. In all fairness, so, though, so Club Penguin was was done by Disney. So if there was anything yeah. like that, for almost ninety nine percent of the time, from what I understand, it was shot in the butt. That that, that that sort of stuff was gone instantly. So it was a pretty well they, looked they after. They were pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they were looked after, and it was Disney. You know, they have to make sure they keep their name crystal clean. Um, but yeah, it went on for a long, long time. You know, you could buy cosmetic items for your two D penguin. You can go and talk to other penguins. There was like little mini games and. Um, yeah, DS games, and in fact, yeah, they actually, yeah, they did release a couple of proper console games, um, of, for, for the handheld systems, uh, for Club Penguin. Anyway, they shut this, that shut this whole thing down back in 2017. Uh, yep, 2017. Um, but yeah, a service that long, uh, running, there was some, obviously some hardcore Club Penguin fans, would you believe it? Um, it, it still blows my mind that there's these little pockets of 
obsessive fans of uh, uh, all over the place. But yeah, they were obsessive with obviously Club Penguin fans. They started doing up their own servers the same way, you know, you get the same thing happening with World of Warcraft and whatever else. And um, but those ones weren't being moderated as well as Disney were moderating when they were in charge. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was essentially just become a cesspool of send nudes and all that sort of stuff you know and, and, and you can probably imagine a lot worse than that as well it's very predatorial stuff going on there uh in a in a property that disney once had quite active roles in um so disney were all right with it in the beginning but obviously when it got really bad as of very recently they uh took it right down they did that nintendo they put the cease and desist in and in this instance you know what Fair play to Disney. I kind of agree in. with this. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm okay with the big boys putting their big boy boots on and and sending in a cease and desist because yeah, dodgy. Because a lot of it was down. To the, a lot of the reason why it came to Disney's attention is because supposedly there was like e sex going on with these yep. little penguins, and uh, when you've got your brand attached <laughs> to that, it's not a good look for Disney. So you can imagine, <laughs> man, it's those furries, they get around bonkers. It's bonkers. First Tony I, the Tiger, now Club Penguin. It's it's just not good on. It's not on it, is it? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so crazy. It's it's mental. Like this, what we're talking about right now is happening somewhere else with something that we don't know about that we didn't realize oh, was still really. a thing. Like I did not know Club Penguin was still going up until 2017. I thought that bad boy went in the 2010 era. I don't know. I didn't even know if it lasted that long, but obviously it did. There was obviously some hardcore fans. I remember seeing. Uh, merch for it at one of my one one of my holidays, like t-shirts or something like that. So yeah, it definitely had its hardcore following. But anyway, yeah. Um, unfortunately for you people out there that like that sort of thing, no more e-sex penguin stuff no. for you. You've had you had your fill. You know, back to deviant art for you. <laughs> <laughs> Go stand in the corner. Oh, what are you doing in that corner? Right. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to know what you're doing in that corner. <laughs> yeah. Such a ridiculous topic. Such a ridiculous topic. Yeah. Um, so this is quite a bit of sad news. Um, I was a bit of a double-edged sword, and, and that, that was a phrase that um, Lan Lanning actually brought up himself. What are we talking about? We're talking about Oddworld Soulstorm. Um, so that was that's the latest Oddworld game, true Oddworld game as well. Uh, not a, like a remaster. They, they, they've done. They've remastered all their classic games, the Munch's Odyssey, is all of those. Uh, but yeah, this is the the first new proper game, Oddworld Soulstorm, and um, it was actually being promoted quite heavily for the lead up to the PlayStation 5's release. And um, it was one of those games that no one knows how these work, but it was one of those games where uh, you would basically be able to get it for free to download as part of the PlayStation Plus subscription service. I'm, I'm right there, aren't I, Grizzly? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and um, unfortunately, that actually really, really hurt um uh the 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 odd world inhabitants company that made the game um they were expecting 50 to 100,000 odd people to download it but in actual fact it was significantly more and um yeah they didn't get a lot of sales after that unfortunately um hey ho like it's it was a it's it's one of those things like it's it's sad for in odd world inhabitants for this to have happened but it was actually Sony that came to the rescue in the first place by offering them, we can only assume this is how it works, a cash settlement of some sort for them to be able to finish the game in the first place. So yeah. is it bad it happened? I mean, yeah, it's bad that not, not more people bought it, but it was also good 
that the money came in, it was injected in the first place for them to be able to finish it. So, hey, like, yeah, cloud. I feel, I feel like there's a matter of perspective needed here because, um, yeah, for the obvious reasons that Sony came in to help assist with the uh, the thing. And let's not forget that uh, Odd World New and Tasty, the uh, uh, Exodus and Odyssey remakes, uh, also landed on PlayStation Plus when that launched as well. And that, they didn't complain then. With Soulstorm, um, they say that 4 million people downloaded on the day it went live on PlayStation Plus. Uh-huh. But that does not mean that those those are 4 million missed sales because those are all people getting the game for free. Chances are, you know, just like probably you and me, Dan, is that I I set set to download any game that comes up on PlayStation Plus. I did, but I, I had it, yeah, it yeah. Or not, because it, I feel like I'm paying for it, and at some point I might go, oh, yeah, I fancy that, and just knowing that it's in my library ready to go, that's good enough for me. It, just like I did with Soulstorm. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they've missed out on those sales. Chances are, they could have had no sales. I mean, Old World is one of those series that has, you know, passed its prime. In- it has, and it has a dedicated following, and that that dedicated following would buy it. Um, I, I'm sad to say. I mean, I, I I do actually remember, and I've got them literally right here, both the original uh, Old World um, and um, the Exodus game for the PlayStation right next to me. So I do enjoy them, and I really enjoyed Munches uh, as well. But I haven't still not got around to playing this. And I've got a PlayStation yeah. 5. And, and I suppose more of a problem for them is the fact that you still you can't easily buy the PlayStation 5. And the longer it takes for people to get them, the older this game gets. Which should be a plus for them, because that means that Oddworld fans who have not been able to get hold of a PS5 yet, you know, they got that, that sale to look forward to. If the yeah. game is of the quality that they're suggesting. You know, it's just perspective, isn't it? You got mm-hmm. you got to think about that that thing, and also like it on the other side of that, it makes it, it. I'm surprised we haven't seen more stories like this. If this is like a genuine problem, um, I'm surprised we haven't heard more stories of this from people who've launched games on Game Pass or PlayStation Plus before. I mean, Rocket yeah. League guys seem to have done pretty well for themselves out of uh, releasing on PlayStation Plus because they were able to build an audience for that game. Also, if I'm not mistaken, though, with Rocket League, I, mean, I don't play Rocket League, but you, there's a lot of cosmetic things you can buy DLC-wise afterwards, where I assume you probably can't do that with... There's nothing like that in Soulstorm. You could, yeah, that's right, but you couldn't do that in Rocket League when it first launched either. Oh, okay. Um, they, they developed that over time, and then it became a free-to-play game after about five years of being out. But initially, it was very much just a multiplayer game where you, you couldn't really do much besides play football with little cars but it was able to build a bit of hype as a result of being on playstation plus and then it sold gangbusters when it reached other platforms yeah 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 so yeah it was it was a fair shout really but yeah i i am surprised you don't hear more people talk about this um but i don't like you say i don't see this as too much of a negative thing because they're the people that have helped finish the game um they've definitely got it in front of more people and I, I, no one knows what the figure is or even if it's like a percentage of downloads or however it works. If, if, if Sony just gives a lump sum to be able to get this as part of the PlayStation subscri- subscription service. Um, so no one knows how that works. But, you know, would they have made more money if this was sold? Like, normally, I don't know. I mean, well, one, they wouldn't have been able to finish the game anyway, um, arguably. Um, but would they have been able to sold more than what Sony paid them outright? 
who knows? It's it's really tricky to to figure that one out. I personally, in my opinion, and not being too harsh to the uh, odd world guys, but in reality, I don't think they would have had nearly as many people playing their game if it was being charged full rate, like on day one. Yeah, it's just a sad fact of it. You know, it's it's one of those franchises that is older and doesn't have the following that it used to, or you know, it doesn't have the nostalgic value that it, I don't think. Okay, um, so according to Larry Bundy, who I think is pretty uh, a pretty decent source of information, I'm going to take his word on this one. Um, he does say yes, it's a lump sum uh, due to someone that he knows who he works with that that has had a sim- similar situation from a uh, more recent game studio. So yeah, there you go. So yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. There you go. Cool, cool, cool. Now, moving on, and here's my little transition for this. From Oddworld, arguably one of the games that started this whole limited run thing, because if I'm not mistaken, it was the first proper limited run game release. New and tasty. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Definitely the first high profile one. Retro City Um, Rampage was the first. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that to an extremely expensive limited edition version of the Turtles Cowabunga collection. Now, this isn't part of a limited run type company. This just looks like Konami are doing this one themselves. Unfortunately, not here in the UK. Um, although, fortunately as well, because it's 150 quid, uh, or, or dollars, sorry, um, it's not worth that. It's not no. worth that. Uh, but yeah, for people that don't know, the Cowabunga collection is a collection of classic uh, uh, Turtles games. It looks like it's going to be done really, really well, actually. And it's a good selection of games. You haven't just got the obvious arcade games, Mega Drive games, or Genesis, if you prefer, uh, Super Nintendo games. You've actually got some Game Boy ones on there as well. So it's a cool, cool collection of games on there. Um, uh, beautiful artwork on the box and all that sort of stuff. Regardless, yeah, you can, you can pay, even be £100 over the asking price if you want to get some acrylic prints little book a fabric poster stickers enamel pins yeah like so one thing i have always hate to see in collectors they always add to the cost of the collector but nobody wants and that's things like lithographs you know just art cards like who has time for art cards or who cares yeah. about art cards? give me that little book you know that art book at least it feels like something substantial i yeah. feel that the acrylic standees are like the they're they're on the same thing as a lithograph because I have not seen anyone display an acrylic standee because they look awful. They always look uh, awful. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, have one up only because yeah. only because I got it today and I, I yeah. built it. Yeah. But I mean I've got uh in its box both the Taito ones uh from the um Darius collection i've got uh the one that come with my Mega Man collection for the switch yeah they don't go up but it's like the stickers yeah. that you get in any any kind of collector set thank you for those stickers i will never ever unstick them and put them on something yeah because if ever if, if i use if i use this sticker i feel like i've devalued the package yeah and or, people that buy these collector set are buying them because they're collectors not yeah that's cool i'm gonna get some stickers but yeah, acrylic standees, they're just like, they're one of the first things that will scratch up if you put out, put them out. They get so dusty and they get damaged in UV, like any sort of light. It's just a really poor thing. Give us a proper statue. I mean, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has so many figures, so many toy molds out there. You could have repackaged that into a standee of all four of the turtles together, and that would have been awesome. And, and then the, for the same would've... price. For the same price, you got the Streets of Rage 4 
um, yeah. big box set, didn't you? And that come with the big fat statue. Like, yeah, it came with a statue of Axel and Blaze and so many other goodies. A little know, bit, yeah. Perfect, you got a couple of yeah. soundtracks in there. You got, um, uh, yeah, usual stuff. You got like a little art book, obviously the game, you know. Uh, and that was all in a nice big clamshell to make it look like a Mega Drive game or like an oversized Mega Drive game. Uh, as Larry says in the chat, postcards you're never going to send out. <laughs> you, get, you always get those yeah. as well, don't you? Um, but yeah, um, with this sort of thing, I, I, I would, I would minimum want to be seeing some graphic novel type thing which i suppose they've kind of put the equivalent in there like a hard uh, an art book it might not be hardback actually that no you can't really see but yeah you got like some art book in there um that's that's definitely the best thing actually the art book. The poster looks nice the turtles in time uh like type post looks nice. and i do like that it's a fabric poster because almost mm. no actually every time you get a poster with something it's folded 50 times so you're never gonna, yeah. it's never going to look good when you put it up yeah that's um, super nice so i like that so yeah the fabric post i'll give them that uh, as long as it's not a poster that's a4 you know what i mean i want it to be i want a poster to be a poster <laughs> oh yeah totally so uh yeah uh, yeah, dollars yeah. is is no good but uh yeah larry says i'd like a statue of the original nes or arcade sprites that would have been perfect Little yeah. little uh, timeline, like moving up from like what they look like from the older, uh, you know, Game Boy or NES games, moving up with like just one Leonardo moving across or something like that, or even just a really beautiful statue of like the, of them all together in like the, uh, uh, the, the the sort of artwork they're going for is from the from the comics, so something along along that line. I oh, like I've I've seen that like a trend for these like shadow boxes. They had one for Shenmue as their collector's edition. Um, it's it's a step up from the acrylic standees, but hell of a step up. Mm-hmm. Give us something that you can put on the put on the wall. Like I, I get you doing the the cloth poster and what have you. That would have been a nice, um, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But this little like piddly little acrylic standee thing, I don't know. It's just weak. Now we've just slated this, yeah. but as collector, as a collector of like uh because i know you, you you very much collect very similar stuff to me you love collecting uh uh re-releases of of classic beat-em-up games or like good versions of new beat-em-up games like sheets of rage 4 and uh what's that one we got undercover cops and stuff like that um would you buy it if this was local to you i don't know i i looked at it and i was just thinking right no 150 dollars for this is, yeah um because it's, it's just not worth what's in there the only thing that like attracts me to it is like intrinsic value because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a franchise, the games become somewhat, you know, they're they're big, you know, they're big in the collector's world. Uh, yeah, you yeah. Look at the 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 NES like TMNT um, collection. If you get a really nice box for that, it looks it, <laughs> it sells for quite quite a lot. Yeah, the game is crap, you know. <laughs> um, whereas this, this has got Turtles in Time on it, which is a very high ticket game in the in the retro world. Um, so that that kind of that kind of intrigues but no not for um, the only thing i like in it is that poster um i would go as high as maybe 80 yes 80 absolutely fine i would have gone for i would have gone i i I don't think i would have i I think triple digits is just too much let alone 150 i think it was 100 because you got to add all your postage and whatever on that when it gets to 100 that's when it becomes too much i feel like 80 is where it needs to be now what i'm thinking is this is Konami do Konami are doing these really good um uh collection sets at the moment. They've done it obviously with Castlevania, uh, uh Contra, uh Castlevania again. Now this. Um what's next? I'm thinking a Simpsons collection. 
Ooh, there wouldn't be much in there. There wouldn't. Not for but you got to think like they 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 only put three games on the Castlevania uh, Game Boy Advance collection. If it was up to me, Tiny Toons, because there's there's like a serious amount of like Tiny Toons games that Konami came out with. At least five that they could do. So there, there's you got you got the Game Boy games like the Buster Buster's Bust Loose on um, Super Nintendo, Buster's Hidden Treasure on Mega Drive, uh, Acme All Stars, Sports, and all of that. You got a really good varied package. There. And you could mm. also include the Animaniacs if you wanted, because that's in yeah. a similar vein. I would love to see the Warner Brothers set, the Warner Brothers collection from Konami. Yeah. I think that's a fair shout. Um, you could also do something for Rocket Knight. Um, bearing in mind there's three different games in the in the franchise, because the Super Nintendo game's different from the Mega Drive Barkster, isn't it? Yep, yep. And then Rocket Knight is just pure Mega Drive goodness. Um, yeah, there's so much other stuff they could do. I could see like there be a Konami All Stars package with stuff like Rocket Knight, other stuff. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. It, it, this this is the big ticket item though. Like you say, it's the turtles. It goes further yeah. than the hardcore retro game enthusiasts that would. I I, I would pick up Rocket yeah, Knight Bomberman. in a heartbeat. But um, yeah, a Bomberman collection that'd be next for sure. That that would be good. I I if they're able to get it, unless there's licensing issues, I do see them doing a Simpson. Mm. Did they do? Uh, they didn't do Space Mutants, did they? That was someone else. No, that was Flying Edge or LJN. Uh, Acclaim, yeah. Yeah, because all of the LJN games got released under Acclaim in the UK, if I remember rightly, uh, under right. Flying Edge or Orion. So when it comes down to Konami, there's only, there's only three. Simpsons Arcade, Simpsons Bart House of Weirdness, the Simpsons Bart's House of Weirdness, which is like a, a computer game. And Simpsons, <laughs> and Simpsons bowling. <laughs> yeah, Simpsons bowling is notoriously <laughs> hilarious. That that was on the arcade one up release, if I remember rightly. I believe so. Yeah. So um, yeah, you could do that potentially. Yeah, they've really got a lot to go with. Have they? <laughs> you got you could do Gradius Parodius collection. Yeah, for sure. Have they not done that already? Can't remember. Uh, no, that, I, I, they did do an arcade collection for Gradius, I believe, but they, they've not released a package like this to go with it. I'm sure Limited Run will jump on that because they've done both Contra and, and, and Castlevania, so they they, yeah. they will have the the anniversary. They called it the anniversary collection. That was it. Yeah. Um, did they do Krusty's Funhouse? I don't know who did Krusty's Funhouse. Let me do a little search of this. Uh, uh, I think that was Flying Edge again. Uh, yeah, claim a claim Virgin Interactive. So there you go, yeah. there you go. Acclaim did a lot of the Simpsons ones. In fact, famously, uh, Virtual Bart um, is one of the most expensive games ever made. Um, if you go for the Japanese version, yeah, it's not very it's many copies. Astronomically expensive. You're getting into quad digits with that one. Yeah. It's, it's proper expensive. And it wasn't even worth the fiver that I bought it for for the UK copy at all. It's an awful <laughs> game. I get, I see it every so often pop up, and I'm like, "That's, I, 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 even if I was like multi multi millionaire rich, I can't, I don't know if I would ever bring myself to spend close to a grand on virtual Bart <laughs> nuts." Um, and uh, Anthony says, um, "Retro Bit is re-releasing Battletoads slash Double Dragon." Apparently, yeah, I did see that pop up. Um, th th there's people that like to get these clam see through clamshells. 80 quid versions. Oh, no, no, actually, no, Retro Bit. No, they're all right. Sorry, I'm thinking of um, I Am 8-Bit. My bad, my bad. Retro, retro Bit actually don't do a bad job. 
with their with their re-releases from from they're, my they're experience yeah. like i said we, we talked about undercover cops i've got it up there they actually did a good job of that really good job of that i've got a little like orange clamshell thing of that it looks quite good uh unless it's like a silly price then i'm an- anti it but i think they normally do it around the 50 60 uh crossy's funhouse is also a bizarre premise a game where you lure uh creatures into a device for mass killings and it stars the show's main Jewish character. <laughs> yeah, Crossy the Clown, yeah. Um, I remember playing that and like, wow, this is actually a really good game. Uh, and then ne- just playing it for like five minutes around a friend's house and then never playing it again uh, until like, you know, me emulation days or whatever. Um, I'm looking through the list of Simpsons games. There's a lot on here that I even forgot were even games. Simpsons, Bart and the Beanstalk, Escape from Camp Deadly, um, there was there's loads of really weird handheld ones as well. There's a radioactive man standalone handheld game. Um, Bart Simpson's Cupcake Crisis. Bart versus Homosaurus. Wow, there's <laughs> loads of ones I haven't even heard of. Yeah, they've got two dedicated pinball machines, from my understanding. I thought they had more, but okay, they've got two uh, and good ones as well. I, I like the Simpsons pinball, and they're surprisingly not that expensive either. We are off topic now. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, turtles collection and it's 150 dollars, and it's not worth that but the games on it are freaking incredible um hopefully the the uh, emulation is going to be good i've only got um uh high hopes for it though because the ones they've done for their previous collections have all been pretty top notch so yeah there we go i think we've reached the podcast yes we have and it's good to be back everyone properly this time uh, i'm sure we'll be back next week as well to do some more podcasting because that's what we're here for and one last time guys let's give a massive shout out to mr grizzly Cryden because of this there he is there it is little uh lady have we have we got a name yet for the unborn lady of the grizzly household i do have a name but i am not going to share it at this stage no um, all good you know, you got to say something right yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah uh yeah congratulations again uh there's a lot of people in here that are seeing this for the first time uh her name will be craig <laughs> no craigette <laughs> right guys uh, this is us signing out thank you so much for all your support tonight we've had some really generous people in there shamza thank you so so much um thank you andy so norton that, yeah. yeah really really appreciate that um uh, has Lange Nets followed on there? Thomas Lange, thank you very much. Andy Norton, um, E Star seven eight five uh, seven five eight one. Sorry, Michael Towns, Andy Norton. Uh, all you guys are really, 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 really awesome people. Thank you so much, and for everyone listening in, whether you're doing that uh, on the one of the podcast services or live on Twitch, on YouTube, or on Discord. But until next time, guys, we're going to sign out, and uh, we will definitely see you all next week. Much love. Bye-bye. See Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time